2: On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have some senior bowl talk. We're gonna break down some positions and talk about some players that could fit the Detroit Lions team. We also have some Richard Sherman comments All on episode 76 of the Pride Podcast. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 76 on the Blue Wire Network. I am joined by Pierre and Malcolm for this episode. And for today's episode, we are going to do a little position breakdown from last Saturday's Senior Bowl. We're each going to break down three positions and we're going to name one player that really stood out to us in the certain position that we will be representing. And... Yeah, we're going to do some Senior Bowl talk. And then we also have some other news. Uh, Sherman, if you guys didn't hear that, we'll get into that later, into the podcast. But before we do all the Senior Bowl talk, before we do Richard Sherman talk, before we talk about football at all, um, we have to mention this. We were supposed to record Monday night and we didn't because uh, the tragic news that happened Sunday afternoon in L.A. Um, it's not football related, but it is sports related. And it's just a tragic Kobe Bryant first bout hall of famer suddenly passed away in a tragic helicopter accident with his, his daughter and seven other people were in this incident. And it's just a tragic scene. And, and to be honest, you know, like I said, we were supposed to record Monday night. I, I really just did not have the mood to record on Monday night. I didn't know Kobe personally, but like, this one kind of hit me differently than any like celebrity or it, like this one felt personal to me. And I, and why I think this one felt a little personal to me, not to drag on the conversation too long. I grew up with Kobe Bryant, big basketball fan, and I got to see Kobe Bryant and my generation. Cause I'm a little younger, you know, we've never had this before. So it just kind of hit differently. I don't want to drag on this too long, but it's just a tragic incident that happened, obviously. My prayers out to the Bryant family, all the other families involved in this incident. It's just tragic. But, you know, I'm glad we took the the day off Monday night. I got to go to the Pistons game, kind of just, you know, watch some basketball, take my mind off football. I kind of took like 48 hours not watching football, not doing any draft look at all. And that's really, like, different for me because I'm, like, on football all day all day it has to be at least once a day and it just it was a little different the last 48 hours I just need to kind of clear my head and you know let it settle in a little bit and I'm kind of glad we took the day off I appreciate my boys Malcolm and Pierre being respectful enough and being being able to take Monday off so um yeah just a tragedy so yeah I want to say something um so growing
3: up obviously like Tyler said in 2004 the Pistons were playing the Lakers And I was a Kobe hater growing up, right? So as I got older, though, like, you begin to respect the Mamba mentality. You begin to respect his game. You're like, holy shit, this guy's actually a legend. So I respect the man, not just what he did on the court, but the stuff he did off the court with his family. Like, the way he transitioned from, like, basketball to being a family man was awesome. He's an inspiration, man, just like the Mamba mentality. And honestly, like, ever since his death, I... I like reached out to some people you know like that i haven't really talked to and i kind of just kind of like not restarted but sort of like just put everything in perspective like whoa like anyone can go because this guy kobe he was like untouchable right we all thought that then out of nowhere he goes man and i just feel bad for his wife and like his other daughters prayers go out to them and all the other victims that died so my thoughts are with them
2: yeah man um just I mean, it, it was it was it was tough, man. It was it was tragic. When I, I mean, when I heard the news, I was actually cleaning the house. I was in cleaning mode, and when my wife told me that you know Kobe passed, I was like, "Stop playing!" Like like I couldn't believe it. So I pretty much just dropped everything I was doing, man, and just was like, "Wow," you know, just looking at everything that happened, and it, it's just it, it was just tough, man. Um, Kobe, you know, I'm not I was never a Lakers fan but I was always a big Kobe fan. Um I always respect his game. How much he brought, you know, to to the league, you know. To me he was like he was like a Jordan 2.0. And I know the, the younger generation, they never got to see Jordan, but Jordan was exactly like Kobe. It was like they were like mirror images of each other. The game, their game was exactly like each other. So for the, like the younger generation like like Tyler and Pierre, this you know Kobe was their Jordan, you know. So I I see exactly where exactly y'all are coming from. But yeah, man, this 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 hit this hit the sports world, man. It, it was tough. We definitely had to take yesterday off because you know nobody was in the in recording mood um after hearing the Kobe news. So it 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 hurt it hurt everybody, man. So you know prayers go out to the family, um everybody that was involved in in the accident, and you know his legacy lives on. You know we're just gonna we're just gonna keep pushing just like he would want us to do. Keep pushing. And that's, that's pretty much all I got to say, man. Let's, let's, let's start the pod, man. Let's go.
1: Yeah, let's do this, man. Let's do it for Mamba. This pod is dedicated to the Mamba today. <laughs> all right. So on that note, let's do a quick transition to what we're going to be doing. So uh, we're obviously going to be covering the Senior Bowl. That happens Saturday. All of us, me, Malcolm, and Pierre are going to be breaking down one player from each position. You guys will kind of get the flow of it. So Pierre, I handed out your position. So do you want to go ahead and start off with the first position, the biggest yeah. position, the quarterback? So the quarterback position. Justin Herbert, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right, so this is a
3: quarterback I've actually liked a lot in the pre-draft process, and I think I've talked about him on the podcast. I'm not sure if I have, but I've talked to you guys about. And it's Anthony Gordon, um, quarterback out of Washington State, I believe. Mike Leach coach, the air raid system, you know, the same system that Gardner Mischu came out of. And let's get into his senior bowl. So most of these notes are from Pro Football Network. Shout out to them. All right, so he w- he measured at 6'2", 199 pounds. At 199 pounds is a little uh, lean. He might need a ball cup a little bit for the NFL. Uh, he was inconsistent on Tuesday and Wednesday, but Thursday he got more comfortable. And going into the game, he was 8-for-12, 69 yards and two touchdowns. He won the Senior Bowl uh, senior bowl pl- North player of the game. So that that was nice to see out of him, and uh, like I said in 2018 was missed due, but he had in 2018 his stats were three for five, 17 yards and a pick. But in 2019, you guys like I'm not bullish. These are his stats: uh, 493 out of 689, 71.6 completion percentage, 5,579 yards, 8.1 average, 48 TDs and 16 picks. Ooh. All right. So his scouting report. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's poised in the pocket. He can throw on the run. His ceiling, in my opinion, is like a high-end backup or like a bridge quarterback. I don't think he'll ever like come out and be like a star. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't really see that right now in his game. I could see him being like, like, you know how Brian Hoyer is like a really good backup or like Josh McCown or something like that or like a Fitzpatrick, like being a really good backup or a good bridge QB. So
1: that's uh, my quarterback. And I just want to be clear. We're gonna do position or players that fit the Lions, obviously. So like Justin Herbert was the best quarterback in the senior bowl, but he's a first round quarterback, so the Lions will not be selecting a well, at least we don't think we will be selecting a quarterback in the first round. <laughs> so run. um yeah, run. I just want to make that clear. So if we're not like necessarily saying the best player, but kind of guys where we like where their draft stock is, where we project them to go and what they would do for this team. So, Pierre, I know you said Anthony Gorin is a high-end backup. What round, where would you kind of like to see him go? Um, Probably with one of
3: our fifths. I'd be fine with that. Okay. Um, Like, his ceiling is a high-end backup. He's nowhere there yet. That's what I think his ceiling is. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, you could develop him as, like, as a like solid backup quarterback. And you never know, maybe turn to a starter. Mike Leach did a good job with Minch Minshew last year. We saw that. A lot of people were weren't high on this too. I believe he won the sixth round of Fine crew, crew Yeah, act. I think so. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. So this is a guy. Same system. The numbers are inflated, obviously, because of the um, air raid, air raid, air raid offense. Because all they do is pass. But yeah, I, I like him. You know, he's he's a good developmental guy. I like him. Just needs to gain a little
1: more weight. 199 pounds is not good, but the six two is good. Yeah, I was to so, say I didn't want to cut you off when you mentioned his college numbers. I'm like, yeah, Washington State <laughs> air raid offense. Yeah. So you usually don't want to take too much. Into fact, uh, what they do on offense with the numbers because, um, you know, that's not NFL offense at all. So, right. All right. Uh, Well, I guess I'm next. I'm talking about the wide receiver position now. And this wide receiver class is a very good wide receiver class. There's very good junior wide receivers, there's very good senior wide receivers. And I'm kind of looking around a wide receiver. I'm looking for a slot specifically. I kind of have two in mind. It was a little tough for me to decide, but I think i've my I've narrowed my two to one. So I'm gonna go with KJ. Hill from Ohio State. Yes, he yes. was the, he, he was the guy I was kind of looking around before the senior bowl practices started. I'm like, you know, let's see what he could do in this senior bowl practices. He was kind of the guy I'm like, look out for. He didn't do really much in the game. You know, he played some special teams, but, you know, he didn't really have much of an impact to the game. But just from watching the practices, K.J. Hill was exactly what I'm looking for, man. He's, he's like that six foot, not necessarily very speedy, but like a very good slot receiver that I think this Lions offense is missing. Um, I don't think he's a, a running back, but I think you can line him up in the backfield, kind of like if you remember what the Lions did when they had Golden Tate. You know, you can kind of make him... A somewhat gadget player. He's kind of like your golden tenure offense. He, he could do a little bit of everything on offense. Your slot receiver, he could be a little deep threat. He could, you know, get some yak, some yards after catch. So I like KJ Hill a lot, man. Um, I think his game, I think he fits the offense pretty well. And something the Lions are missing. I know we have Danny Amendola, if we do resign him and he's a solid receiver, but if the Lions are going look to go a little younger, maybe add a little more speed. I think KJ KJ Hill is that guy for you from Ohio State. And, you know, look back at history. Ohio State has developed some pretty damn good wide receivers. So, you know, maybe that third, if they can get an extra third-round pick, maybe he potentially will be there in the fourth round with the Lions having an early fourth-round pick. Maybe look at that. Somewhere around that area in the mid-rounds is where I would look for K.J. Hill. I just want to mention very quickly who the other wide receiver I did like at the Senior Bowl. He was on the North squad as well. Not a big college uh, from SMU, James Porch. I liked him a lot. I think he's another slot receiver that could fit into this offense pretty well. Not the fastest guy, but has just very good route running and something I'd be intrigued by if the Lions kind of looked at him maybe as a day three pick. But um, I think K.J. Hill is my guy, like round three, round four right now. Tyler, what what if he goes in like round two? Do you think that would be a reach?
3: Because I think he has potential to sneak in there if he has like a really good combine. (sighs) Not with the
1: Lions round oh, two. Oh, yeah, back. not with us, no, no right? Yeah, no. Uh, 35 is too early for me. They did a trade back with their first-round pick, which is very possible. Then and they have an extra second-round pick that's maybe a little later. Then, yeah, that is fine by me. But from what I've seen right now, it's looking like a third-round pick, potentially right. even fourth-round pick. But, you know, the senior bowl could have uh, rise the stock. And, you know, we saw the combine, obviously, so that could, you know – really make his stock a lot better, or it can maybe, you know, continue where he is right now, a third, fourth round pick. But, yeah, if it's like the Lions get another second round pick, and they're like in the 50s or maybe like the early 60s, then yeah, sure.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think second round would be too high for that guy. Too high? Okay. It'll I mean, if it's, like,
1: if it's like a late oh. second, I mean, I'm not totally against it. I
3: could
2: see, I could see him going like in the third, maybe fourth.
3: Well his teammate, uh Terry McLaurin, went in the third last year, right? And he also had a great uh senior bowl. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, yeah. I mean, but he will be a hell of a pickup, especially if he kills a combine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so I guess right. is, I guess I guess um I'm next. So the yeah. guy the position I have is a position I've been begging for us to improve since we lost Barry Sanders. And that is the running back position. So um, looking at the Senior Bowl, um, there is a running back that did catch my eye. There's actually a couple guys, but the, the, the main guy that did catch my eye was um, Joshua Kelly from yes. UCLA. Now he balled out. I mean, he made a splash, and I think because he played so well and we did in practice, I think he might not last that long. I don't think he's going to last until the fourth round. Where I was hoping that he would be, um, but he's a guy who he had 15 attempts for 100 105 yards. And when I look at his numbers throughout his college career, just, just screams out consistency. Um, he had a thousand yards both years he played. Uh, he had twelve hundred yards um, last year, and he had a thousand yards this year. Twelve touchdowns both seasons. It's just consistency. So I can see him being a guy if they do roll carry on Johnson and um, Bo Bo Scarborough. I can see him coming in if an injury were to happen, and I don't see us losing that much production and. The coaching staff—they—they they all had high things to say about him, so I—I I really like the kid.
3: Um, have you heard the way he interviews? He's like—he's yeah, funny, so <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's like—he's like—I don't know to say—he's like I don't want to say good boy, but you know what I mean. Like he's like—he's a good he's It's like really man.
2: He's just happy about—he's just happy to be here.
3: Yeah, he's a good kid. I—I did some research on him after the Senior Bowl. I like him. That's a good pick. Where do you think he'll go, Malcolm? What round?
2: I mean. He had a hell of a senior bowl. Right. So, I mean, before the senior bowl, you say, okay, maybe fourth, fifth round you go for him. Right. But now he blew, you know, he had a 15 carries for 105 yards in the senior bowl. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in the third round. Okay. But do we draft him in the third round? Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe will be kind of rich for us. Exactly, you know exactly. But I don't i don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. Where Let's I would see. want him, I would want him in the fourth round. If he's That's in the fourth, if he's there in the fourth round, and our pick is there, you you take him. You gotcha. know, hopefully Bob Quinn can like. Um, or we
3: have extra picks? Trade back. Who knows? What I want to do, have, I want to do like yeah. a double trade back, like trade back with Miami and then trade back again.
2: Yeah, like if we have to, if we have two third round picks, I wouldn't mind if they picked them up. Yeah, in the third.
1: Yeah, I mean the Lions have like a million positions of need. Running back is I wouldn't say a main priority, but you know. We talked to Jordan about like a month ago now, and he even said it. Even if your team doesn't need a running back, you should still be drafting a running back in this class. that's that stacked.
2: That's true.
1: And if the Lions has some extra draft picks, then yeah, you could be looking at the scenario where they take a running back in you know the mid rounds. You know, I would, you know I'm looking at a running back right now. If I had to make a mock, it'd probably be like round four, round five. I'm with you.
2: Round four or five, yeah. Based on what we have now, you know, what yeah. we have now. Yeah, you would want a running
1: back round
3: four, round five. All right, with the running back close, I don't think it's as stacked anymore because a lot of guys return to school. It's like three or four guys that we like. Najee Harris, Chuba Hubbard. Who's the other guy? I forget. ac Thank you, yeah. So, like, it's not as stacked, but they should still, like, at least take one. Jordan Reed mentioned on the episode, uh, LaMichael Pirine is his name, I think, something like that. Florida. Yeah, and he actually had a good senior bowl. So, he mentioned him as a guy. But that guy raised his stock too, so we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Usually the Senior Bowl is nothing but, you know, just raising your stock because, like, I mean, it just helps you out usually so much more. I mean, it could, I guess, hurt you, but like, it just helps so much just attending to that game, and especially you know our coaching staff actually being there to coach those guys up. You know, you get a better look, and I wouldn't be shocked. You know, we've seen from years past, Bob Quinn is like drafting guys from the Senior Bowl, and now with. Us actually, coaching the game, we've never Bob Quinn has never had a coaching staff coach the actual game before. I wouldn't be shocked to see us go up for a lot, a lot of seniors this year in the in the draft and and him trading back and gaining as many draft picks as he can because he knows how much talent there is in the draft. Because you know Patricia and the whole coaching staff just got to actually look at these guys. Then you know they got such a more advantage than with the Bengals than all the other thirty NFL teams. So we'll
2: see. That's, that's true.
1: And you look at the Raiders
3: and the Niners. The Raiders drafted a lot of guys from the Senior Bowl. The yeah. Niners drafted Debo Samuel and Drake Greenlaw. And both of those guys <coughs> excuse me, are playing a big role with the
1: uh, Niners. So Senior Bowl helps, man. Yeah, it definitely does help. I mean, I'm not going to say we're a Super Bowl contender after coaching no, the Senior right. Bowl. But, I mean, it, you know, no. it just helps. It gets you a better look to these players that, you know, you can't always see on film. You could actually meet these guys and know who they are. And I know there's the meetings. There's the formal meetings. And there's the visits that they could bring them to Allen Park or whatever. But, like, you know, you had a whole week with them. It's it's a little different than one workout when everyone's watching them. So, you know, it, it is a true advantage. So. Yeah, you yeah. could see who puts
3: in the work, who's lazy, who takes the exactly. coaching, who doesn't. How they fit with you? Do they listen? Like, there's a lot of things that go exactly.
2: exactly. A lot of just work ethic is a, is a is a lot, a big thing that goes into it. It's huge, um, and then seeing it, if these guys can process information and then um, grasp the information, and then even you know get better. You know, so that that that's a big major um, advantage that the Lions have. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to go on to the next position.
1: And you guys are probably wondering, this is the last position we're going to mention on offense. I'm just going to get it out of the way now. So I'm going to do the offensive line. But we're going to skip the tight end position because the Lions drafted TJ Hawkins in the first round last year. They paid Jesse James last year. They, I mean, I guess again, Isaac Nato was another draft pick. But you know, you know what I mean? They drafted Hawk in the top 10. They paid Jesse James. We better not be drafting a tight end at all. So we're not even focusing on the tight ends at all. We're not going to get a prospect. Nothing. Nothing on the tight end position. They (laughs) better not do it, dog. They better not do it. So I don't even want to think of the scenario, so we're not going to even talk about it. We're going to talk about a a damn punter before a tight end in this (laughs) this, uh, podcast today. But uh, all right. I said we're going to do offensive line, and I'm going to stick to my word. And this offensive line class, I like it a lot, man. I think there's a lot of sneaky good offensive linemen in this draft. And I'll give this kudos to Bob Quinn. He one thing he has done actually pretty well since being here. He's drafted some actually solid linemen. You know, he drafted Taylor Decker, a solid left tackle. He drafted Joe Dahl in the fifth round. You know, he's a starter for us right now. Graham Glasgow probably gone, but another good guard that they that they drafted in the third round. So Crosby fifth round in 2018. So. You know, just goes to the point. You know, Bob Quinn has actually done a solid job at drafting offensive linemen, and I think there's some sneaky good ones in this draft. So, man, just doing the offensive line, I was kind of stuck on whoing to choose because one's a tackle and one's a guard. I'm gonna do two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to do both. I, they're gonna be quick. They're gonna be quick. But right. go for it. We'll make it quick, debit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got offensive tackle Josh Jones from Houston. This is if the Lions are willing to invest into an offensive lineman kind of earlier on in the draft. This would be this would be their second-round pick. This would be pick 35 if he's there still, because it's very possible he could be gone in the late one, early two. So, I mean, he could be there at 35. It's very possible. So if the Lions are willing to take an offensive tackle, Josh Jones had a very impressive senior bowl practice, and I was impressed with him in the game as well. I think Jones is would be a phenomenal pick. I I think he could be a future left tackle in this league. I think he's going to be a very good left tackle in this league. But if you do draft a guy like Jones, you know what's the future of Taylor Decker? Do you want to flip Josh Jones to the right tackle spot where he might not be as comfortable? I think he's best as a left tackle. So it is a little risky if they do draft Jones. I think that might be the era of Taylor Decker. You might get a, another year of Decker, obviously with the fifth year option, then they might move on from there. But if they do draft Josh Jones, I think he's their future left tackle. Sitting a year, let Taylor Decker be the starting left tackle. And, you know, maybe they switch him into the right tackle for one year, and then they put him back to the left tackle. Kind of like what they did with Ragnow. They started him at guard, sw- 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 switch him over to center after a year or his natural position. I can kind of see maybe something like that with Jones. And you kind of see how they're fading away from Graham Glasgow could potentially be a fadeaway option from Taylor Decker if the Lions are not committed to Decker long-term. Josh Jones is one of those guys. I think uh, Jones can also excel at right tackle. I just want to bring that up. I think he could like excel at both left and right. Yeah, I mean, I just see him as a as a premium left tackle, and I would love to see him at playing his best position, but I don't know. So that's definitely interesting. I mean, maybe that is something, an experiment that they could do. You would have Jones on his rookie deal if he's really good at right tackle, then you could keep Taylor Decker if he has a good year, but if Jones is a premium left tackle, you know, you could see a fading way of Taylor Decker and then maybe Josh Jones takes over. Um, okay, and then a guard I, I really like in this draft. He, he was impressive in the practices and the game as well. He was from the South team from LSU, and his name is Damian Lillis. LSU had a good offensive line in general this year, one of the better lines in college football. You saw Joe Burrow had a bunch of time in the pocket, and is why he had a great year and why he will be the number one pick and you know people love to just give credit to the quarterback but I love giving credit to those linemen too man those offensive linemen are the reason why most quarterbacks have time in the pocket and why they could look for the receivers show their arm and I think Damian Lewis was a big part of that position you know LSU has a lot of guards and a lot of offensive linemen in general in this draft but Damian Lewis kind of stood out to me he's looking like uh he could be a a, maybe a late day two pick right now is what I'm kind of seeing. But I think he would be a phenomenal fit, especially if they do part ways with Graham Golasco, which it is looking like it's going to happen. I think Damon Lewis could be an instant day one starter. So I'm interested to see if that's a, I'm interested to see if that could be an option for the Lions. And he was impressive, like I mentioned. So maybe late day two, we'll see where his stock is, but that's kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah, I but, like I'm a
3: fan of Lewis. Yeah. All right. Um so now we'll talk about the a linebacker I like. Uh Malik Harrison. Um, kid out of Ohio State, 6'2", 246 pounds. Before he'd be like, Oh, here we go with all the slow linebackers, whatever. Now Quakers, this guy actually Yeah, this guy actually got good speed for his he's not sideline to sideline burners, but he's like he has good speed for his size. Like he he win. plays well to his size.
2: Um does he run like a four seven nine? Is that a four eight or something? No.
3: <laughs> I, I don't think so. We'll see until the combine. I don't think it's going to be like that bad. Um, but he he was so one of his biggest questions coming into the um, senior bowl was was covering backs and tight ends. He struggled a little with that and with man coverage in college, but in the senior bowl he excelled. Um, he's a day two player for me. He has to work on his man coverage. He's okay in zone. His uh 2019 stats, he had 75 tackles, uh 49 solo, four and a half sacks, two fumble recoveries, and 16 and a half tackles for loss. And also one note, he only had one pick in his college career, which is might be a little concerning for me. Which was in 2018. Maybe that pick number should be up, especially if he wants to be a Mike linebacker. That's how I think what his future is in the NFL. But uh yeah, I think this guy, he has the size they like. Uh, they want to move on from Davis. This this would
1: be a good replacement. So, Pierre, I know we're we'll only doing one guy, but there was another guy. You mentioned him. I forgot his name. Is it Logan Wilson? Wilson? Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, you mentioned him. He's another kind of good fit for the lines as well. Right. I forgot like his exact
3: size measurements, but it's similar to uh, Malik Harrison. He's like a little below Harrison, like similar qualities, um, like a mic Backer, a little athletic for his size, not sideline side speed, but like has good speed for his size. You know, he's similar, but he's just a tad below Harrison. So for both those guys, where do you kind of see them, where do they go? Um, I see Harrison as a day two guy, and then Wilson um, day two, day three, like okay. late day two, early day three, something like that. But I think Harrison's a day two guy right now. But it all early day change. two? Um, I, I don't know because, like, every team values linebackers differently. Like, for example, um, like, if you look at his size, some teams value that. But if you look at his athleticism, maybe not as athletic as other teams. So, I don't know if it's early or late, but I think he's a day two guy. He's my linebacker three behind Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen.
2: We're going to pick him in the second round watch.
3: I wouldn't be mad about that. I like the guy.
1: Just depends who else is on the board, though. You know, you can get more value. I mean, when you're picking at 35, you're going to get some guys that you thought were for sure going to be in the first round that are going to be there at 35. Right. That's (laughs) the hope. That's usually what happens every year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, if Logan
3: Wilson is there in the 4th, I think it's better value to get him in the 4th than Harrison in the 2nd. Second. I second. I got you.
1: That if he's sense. there in the 4th though, I don't know if he will be. That makes sense. I mean, like we mentioned, this is before the combine, so like the combine is such a big effect and it's like hard right. to predict where these guys go. But, you know, it's kind of like just post senior ball, Trying to do our best guesses, but, you know, don't crucify us after like, you know, the draft and say, "Oh, Malik Harrison was supposed to be a second round pick and then like Let's say somehow he's a third round pick. Like, I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, we said day two. Like, I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, there's always that one guy. Right. Like, example, last year, it was uh, Mac Wilson. I remember Mac Wilson was like a guaranteed, I think, day two pick. I think the guy won the fifth round or something like that. Yeah, the, the, the combine.
2: combine, the combine just saved yeah. life. Or, yeah. Trey,
1: or Trey Lamar. Trey Lamar, I think, was linebacker three. We got him undrafted. I don't think he's even our. He might be on our roster, like on IR now. So. Again, I
2: think he was hurt. Combine thing. destroyed his life. Yeah, I think he ran like a five flat.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. He did run a five.
2: Yeah. So the combine destroyed his life. I'm saying it, it's,
1: say, it's so hard to you know predict these guys really good. Yeah, I wouldn't say now. Trey Lamar was linebacker three, but
3: he was predicted to go like like the fifth round. The guy went undrafted.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I saw some. Who was it, Mel Kiper or Daniel Jeremiah, one of those guys last year? They put him as, like, linebacker four or linebacker five. Interesting. So, I mean, I, I'd have to go back and see that. But
2: I mean, a lot of the um, analysts, they had Isaac Nata as, like, third or fourth. Yes. Tight end. Another they one.
3: Yeah, blew the combine. Had a really mm-hmm. bad combine.
2: Yeah. I mean, even Caleb Wilson.
1: Like, there's just a – I can go on and on forever. But uh, let's not waste you guys' time. So, Malcolm, yeah. <laughs> what's the next position? Yeah. So, this is yeah. pre-combine rankings. Um,
2: so another position that um I have is I have the DB position but I actually went cornerback in this position. So the guy that I actually picked for this position actually had a hell of a practice um with the North team and his name actually matches our name um the one pride. Oh, that's my with, guy too. I'm going with Troy Pride Jr., man. He yes. actually Yes he, sir. He looked nice. Um as far as what the you know, the coaching staff had to say about him, they said that he was the best, the best man coverage corner um, on the field. So that's, that's, you know, that's good signs. And he had a pick um, on the senior bowl as well. So I like, I like what i seen from him. Now, does he match what Detroit looks for in a cornerback? I mean, he's 5'11", 193 pounds. You know, they look for those tall, you know, long arms, you know, they look for length. Does he match that? Not necessarily, but I mean, because maybe they had the hands on work with him, they know what he could do, and he might be a burner. Um, he, he, you never know. You know, he could be a guy that could, you know who knows come in and play special teams, You come in and if there's an injury, come in and ball out. You know, you never know. Where I see him going, hmm, it's tough. His college numbers doesn't look great. Um, he doesn't get too much action. He's pretty good. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he went in the third round. To be honest with you. Yeah,
1: I mean, you mentioned the size thing, and I know this is not a guy that Lions actually drafted, and it's hard to come. I'm not going to compare him to it, but size-wise, J- Jamal Agnew. No, I was going to say Darius no. Slay. Darius Slay. I mean, Darius
2: is like what, six, Like six one?
1: He's six, six foot, six foot, six foot. Yeah, and, and he's a little lighter than Troy Pride actually. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, Darius Slay, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily thrives in this defense, but he, he works in this defense. Yeah. You know, he's, he's good in this defense. Yeah. Not as good as, like, the you know, TA's defense, but, no, he's still good in this defense. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely interesting. You know, he's, like you mentioned, he's a little undersized for what the Lions have draft. He's not like a money or a warrior, or he's not you know, like a free agent signing like Rashawn Melvin. He's not tall and big like those yeah. guys. He's, he's kind of like a slot corner in this defense with, like, Justin Coleman.
2: Yeah, to play nickel. Yeah. I mean, he could be that guy. I mean, who knows? I mean, but I like him a lot. Hopefully. Who knows?
1: Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I like Troy Pratt. I think he was really impressive. And the interception you mentioned. Did you actually see the interception that happened?
2: Yes. That yes. was an awful I mean,
1: it <laughs> was an awful pass.
2: Yeah, it was. It was an awful pass. But, but hey, it, it, it improved his, his draft stock. Yeah, someone, I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like Troy Pride Jr., how you guys said, but like how Malcolm said the size, like recently they drafted big guys like Amani, Maybe what is like he, 6'2", like two, two. Tracy Walker in the secondary, what yeah. is he, like six one or 6'2", something oh, yeah. like that. Well, like, like, they big. like
2: size, they like size, they like and size so much.
3: The guys, they like rung in training camp, the Austin kid, and I forgot the summers, those guys were long and tall as yeah. well, yeah. so they're At like least, experimenting.
2: They're- at least six foot. They have to be at least six foot, pretty much, playing this defense. But who knows? I mean, they worked with him. They they saw his coverage skills. They said that he was the best man coverage corner, and that's key. So, right? Yeah. If he if he's the best man coverage corner they had on the team, I mean, why the hell not?
1: I I agree. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. Let's go on to the next position now. So I'm gonna do the edge position and at the edge position, there was some guys that really stood out on the North team. I'm going to do the next position, the edge rusher position, and there was a lot of edge rushers that really stood out in this this game and the practices, and a guy that I was very familiar with before even the Senior Bowl happened, before the rosters happened, and his name is Josh Ucci from the University of Michigan. I really like the fit of Josh Ucci in this defense, and I think he would be like that type of jack roll in this defense. He would kind of be like that Devon Kennard in this defense. I know they did draft Austin Bryant last year in the fourth round who could kind of take that role, but Uchi's a little different, man. I like, I like his pass rush skills. I think he's faster than both those guys. I think his coverage is better than both those guys. He's a little undersized and compared to those guys. So I don't know if the size will matter there. It might, but you know, Patricia, Bo Davis, they got to see Uchi right for their hands at the senior bowl. And I really, 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 like the fit of Josh Uchi in this defense. And I'm looking at it like a round two, potentially even round three. I don't think he'll even be there in round three, but if the Lions can gain an extra second round pick. I would love Josh Uchi in this defense. I think he's a perfect fit the kind of transition from Devon Kennard. We mentioned it in two episodes ago when we were talking to Logan, we we're kind of looking for that transition us personally, maybe from Devon Kennard. Cause you know, he's like, like average, like average but, but you know, it could be a definitely a position that they can improve on and, and uh, an upgrade. And I think Josh Ucci is, is that guy. I really do. I really like his game a lot. He's come a draft crush for me already before the combine has started. You know, usually my draft crushes come around combine, but I always get one in the senior bowl. Last year was Montez Sweat, and this year it's Josh Ucci. I, I really like the foot for Josh Ucci. I think his coverage is something that we're missing and some speed that we're missing on the defensive line. I think you can line him up in the linebacker position. I think you can line him up at the defensive end position. Kind of like what you do with Devon Kennard. So I really like the fit of Josh Uchi and Honolulu Blue. Uh,
3: one thing I want to say about Josh Uchi, I love him too. I wouldn't mind him at 35, but I don't think he could come in and replace Devon Kennard right because his size, I think it's 247, right? Yeah, and he's six-one, so he's a little shorter. Yeah, they like their edge guys to be like more bulkier, Like I think 260 or 270, I want to say. But I think Ushie, can, uh, I think it was Eric Schley, he said kind of like how hand didn't start, but hand made an impact. Yeah. yeah. I think Ushi could be that type of guy. He could cover. He could rest the passer. Um, he's a great player. He has a high motor, really good bend. So I, I love that. I love Ushie as well. Another guy. I don't want to get into this too much, but I loved him in the senior bowl. I know who exactly what you're talking about. Say
2: my, please say my guy. Please say my guy.
3: Bradley Anai. Yes. <laughs> um
2: yes. That dude
3: was just disruptive, man. I, I forgot how many sacks he had, but he was disrupting like almost every play he was in. And he could – that guy maybe could be the jack roll, but the only problem with him, he's not as lengthy. But that's his main question. He's not as long. But, man, he's good, bro. And if you saw Patricia, he was coached him up a couple times. It seems like Patricia enjoyed working with him. I yeah.
1: would love Anai also. I love Anai and Deuxie. I wouldn't mind either one. So, yeah. yeah. Another edge guy. I just to, sorry. I'm sorry, man. Like, it's hard just to choose one, 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 guy, one guy. But I mean, right. we need
2: – this is this is something that we need so bad. So, if you want to name five of these guys. I do not care. <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily – like, I, I love him. But something I would look out for for the
1: lines because it just seemed like – it's kind of the perfect size for the Lions. I'm not necessarily huge on him, but just Jason Stowbridge from North Carolina. Uh, it's a guy kind of like, if you watch the practices, it's kind of like a guy Patricia was like, he really cared about him. It was a little different than the other guys. And like I don't know how, I, I can't prove that, but like I could kind of prove that. <laughs> uh, you know, he's like that perfect size of the Lions look for. And I, I could see him maybe being like a that day three pick who could just be like a, not a starter, but like just a good backup if an injury ever happens. You know, you could play some in that Trey Flower spot, or you could place him of the defensive tackle spot. He's kind of versatile, and it's kind of a guy I, I could see the Lions really liking. I'm not necessarily too, too high on him, but a guy I would definitely look out for. I'm going to mention this now, so in January. So I think he's definitely a guy to look out for the Lions in a fit. Yeah, round four. He's kind of like a Deshaun Hand type of player. He could play tackle, and
3: he's not going to play, like, every snap, but he could come in and be disruptive. I, I like that. I like that pick a lot, too. I, would, I mean, I would like that pick, so.
1: Yep. yep. All right. Um,
2: okay. Welcome. The spotlight's back on you. you the other yes, defensive sir? line position. Yes, yes, I do. So, I have the interior de- defensive line, and I'm going, with, I'm going with the defensive tackle that I played at, at Ohio State. Okay. I'm going with Devon Hamilton. Okay, um, he's a guy that the coaching staff they just raved about. Um, you know, even Bo Davis was saying how he's a underrated defensive tackle, underrated player. Um, because at Ohio State, you think about it, I mean, they were up by thirty in like almost every game. Teams didn't really have the chance to run the ball, so you really couldn't really you couldn't really see what he can do every single game um, at Ohio State. But it showed up in practices with the senior bowl. And he's just, he's just a guy that, you know, we actually need a defensive tackle. And he can fill that role in good Um, as far as coming in, stuffing the run. He's not the best pass rusher. But, you know, if you're looking to stop the run, he could be a guy that could, you know, maybe possibly, depending on what happens with Aishon, um, he could take that role. Depending on what happens with Aishon Robinson, if he comes back or... Even if he does come back and we just need somebody just to rotate. You know, he could be that guy to, you know, rotate in, in and out.
3: I like him. Um they're saying like third, maybe third round or fourth round for him. Yeah,
2: yeah. Third, maybe fourth round, depending on what happens.
3: Yeah. Big, I, would, I
2: mean solid.
3: Yeah, he's like he has some tools to his game that maybe should he could he could be better. He's quick. Um I, I like it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Hamilton's an interesting fit for, for the Lions. So I think he kind of fits what they're looking for, too, and especially if they do move on from Ishan Robinson. And, um, you know, yeah. we'll see with the decision of Snacks. I think he kind of be like that depth piece that they're looking for, potentially maybe like that mid- or late-round draft pick. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, I like it.
1: All right. Oops. All right, Pierre, mention your
3: the damn best position,
2: The best position on the board. Let's
3: go. <laughs> All right. So In the so first I, round. So, I did a mock pick three. throw. Out, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk this time. So uh, I did a mock draft about like a couple weeks ago or something and I, I put I put this punter in there. Leader. Why the hell Lions taking a punter? Because Sam Martin is a free agent, okay? Um they haven't re-signed him yet. So I'm guessing they'll they'll likely move on. I, I don't really know. But I'm gonna say this guy and shout out to my guy Walker Kelly from Twitter. Um this guy knows a lot about draft prospects, so oh, I yeah. texted him. Shout out to Walker. I texted him like Mm -hmm. about three or four weeks or something like that before the senior bowl. I was like, yo, who are some punters? Because I just wanted to look. It's like, I'll give you one punter. That's the only one I know. And that punter was uh, Brayden Mann out of Texas A&M. So I did some research on Mann. I was like, holy shit, this guy's legit. He was invited to the senior bowl. I was happy. Coombs got to work with him. Brayden Coombs, our special teams coordinator. So I was happy about that. So here here are Mann's uh, stats or whatever you want to call him for a punter. In 2018, he set the NCAA single-season punting average record at 51 yards, and he was named the Ray Guy Award winner as the nation's top punter in 2018. Uh, this year, he averaged 47.1 yards, which was ranked fourth in the country and was the second-team All-American as a senior. I mean, this guy has a, has a lag, bro. Like, 51 yards uh, NCAA record. This year, he was 47.1. I think in his senior bowl game he was forty or forty point seven. I'm not exactly sure, but this is a guy. Like if they, if they want a punter, you go and get this guy.
1: Uh, shout punters. out to Peter, man. He this this man. He's so on top of the game. He's he's on punters.
2: He's on punters. That's that's punters. that's incredible. So, Pierre, what round do you see him going? First, second, third?
3: Okay, so third, last three. year, the Niners took a punter in the fourth. I hope we don't take a punter in the fourth. <laughs> I, maybe with one of our fifth-round picks, you take this guy. You know, punters' like values are starting to increase a little. So this guy could be high on team sports. Like I said, he had this record last year. This year, he was fourth in the nation. So he, he's good. We'll see where he goes. I'm hoping fifth. He's a day-three pick, obviously. I'll say fourth or fifth round, but i take him with like our first fifth round pick, maybe if they want to target him.
2: A team's so, gonna be sucker enough to take this guy in the fourth round. I guarantee it.
3: I mean, bro, like if they attack free agency and like they attack the first three picks, well, I wouldn't mind him in the f- not like early fourth if they trade down, like late fourth kind of. I-, I don't want him with that early fourth round pick. That's like a third round pick to me. I, I don't want to spend is. that on a punter.
1: Yeah, I don't think it should be a a top priority, but. I guess it should be a priority. Um, yeah, I don't know.
3: <laughs> Bro, no, it's important. Like, remember when Sam Martin, not this year, but a couple years, he and, hurt, and then we had like our punters like, just spawned it. Like, they were awful. And Jeff they value it.
1: Right? I mean, Casey Redfern, rest in peace, that man. The guy tore his Achilles in his, I think, the first game he got put in there. Damn. They had, had predator as a. Braider take over.
2: Yeah, I remember I remember that.
1: Yeah. 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 I felt bad. I felt so bad for the match.
3: <laughs> yeah, so Braden and Man, that, that's a name to watch, I think. And like I said, shout out to Walker Kelly. Uh so yeah, that's that's the punter. And that's it with our senior bowl recap. With that our, our senior, senior bowl recap. Yep.
2: That's what's up, man. If they draft that punter, hopefully we don't have to use him that much. And our offense is just clicking. Maybe there it's a know? fake a puns point. or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Um.
1: Since we did do our Senior Bowl recap, I uh, that's not our final topic. We got one more topic that we want to talk about, and that is some news that happened from the lines. I'm just going to read off the the report. So this is from David Lombardi from the Athletic. So if you guys do remember correctly, so Patricia's first year, 2018, the first free agency, they were interested in cornerback Richard Sherman, who is playing in the Super Bowl right now. And David Lombardi broke down saying, I guess he got this talk to Sherman. And, you know, he mentioned, Sherman mentioned his talk was with Detroit. And I'm just going to read off the quote. He says, but that is not the kind of football I want to play. The way you run their scheme, your culture, you want to do it the Patriot way. And that's not really the way I do football. I can get this $20 million guaranteed in being Detroit and lose football games. Or I can go to a place where I'm very comfortable with the scheme, coach, and culture. I'm very comfortable with the things they do. And I really believe we could win. So, Sherman. Um, I guess the Lions offered him $20 million guaranteed. And... I'm not even hurt by Richard Sherman's comments. I'm really not. I'm hurt that I learned the Lions offered (laughs) Richard Sherman $20 million. Guaranteed. Coming off a torn Achilles injury. And you guys are probably wondering, well, he's definitely worth it. He's in the Super Bowl. He's playing at a very high level. That's not the point. You can't compare Detroit and San Francisco's defense that pass rush compared to Detroit is night and day. It's not even comparable at all. Oh, man. The Lions run a strictly man defense. Richard Sherman, I think Malcolm told me this morning, ran a 4-6. Oh, damn near. Yeah, damn near. And, and, and he came off a torn Achilles injury. He's not young anymore. He He's never been a man corner. He he was in Seattle. That is his own defense
2: was- as well. He probably runs a 4-6 now.
1: At <laughs> 31. Um, like I said, I'm I'm not hurt by the comments. I'm really not. I don't blame Merchant Sherman. But yeah, where the hell was the Lions thinking about offering
3: this money to him? I'll tell you what the Lions were trying to do. The Lions were trying to establish a culture. Were they but trying they- to establish jersey sales? No, no. Let me just like – I'm happy they didn't sign, but I'll tell you what they were thinking. So, Patricia's coming in. He wants to bring in his vets, his guys, leaders – that will like help in the room, you know? Like they had Darius Slay, but Darius Slay isn't really thought of as, as like a uh like he is a leader, but you know what I mean? Like they want him to bring in a guy like who will hold teammates accountable. That's Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman does that. Um But like I'm so happy they didn't sign him because the guy's a zone corner, and nothing nothing's wrong with being a zone corner. I think he's still a great cornerback, top ten cornerback. Um he's a baller, and then he's he not seen fitted. You also look at it, though, Seattle, like, Pete Carroll is more loose, relaxed type of thing. And coming to Detroit, I I didn't think he wanted to deal with all that shit where you have to, like, run every play. Yeah, you get grilled in the film sessions. I I don't think he wanted that. He went to San Francisco. They run a cover three scheme as well. Um, Kyle Shanahan, everyone, like, I haven't heard anyone really say anything bad about Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle is, like, probably the best play caller in the league. He's just a fun guy to be around. You could tell. And Robert Salah, the defensive coordinator. He was also an assistant with Seattle, so there was familiarity there. Um, so it made sense for him to go to San Francisco. And yeah, San Francisco was coming off what a two and fourteen year or whatever. They're coming off a Four little and twelve year. or something like that. Yeah. But kind of both teams, like Detroit and San Francisco, were sort of like rebuilding, I guess. But San Francisco was the better fit for him, and he made the right choice. Obviously,
2: so good for him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm with, I'm with Tyler on this one. Um... I don't know what the hell Detroit was thinking. I mean, he could say that, yeah, maybe they needed a guy to hold players accountable. I don't think you could bring a Richard Sherman into this type of defense and have him hold guys accountable if he's getting beat every play. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you like why would you listen? Like if if he's getting beat. How can he hold you accountable if he can't do his job right? I'm not saying taking it away from Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman is, he has, you know, he, he, he put in his time and he, he plays his type of defense. You know, he's a, he's a zone. He's not a man. He's not a man corner. He's not going to, he's not going to shadow nobody. He's going to play man. That's just what Richard Sherman does. And it would have been an awful fit for the Detroit Lions. Now, I would understand if they were going to bring him in to possibly switch him to safety. No. That's the only thing that I could see that could make sense. You don't get. There's no way to a safety. There's no way they were going to pay Richard Sherman to come in and be a number two corner and leave him on the island to cover anybody. I you think like,
3: what their <laughs> plan was is have Slay Shadow and give uh, Sherm a safety help. You know what I mean? So Slate takes one guy out. Shurm takes the other guy out with safety help. And then kind of we'll see what happens from there. I think that was maybe the original plan. But I agree. Like, he's not—he's never been a man corner. He always stays on one side. He's not known for his speed. He's known for his ball skills. Um, he's a ball hawk, obviously. He makes plays.
1: I don't think it would have been a good fit. And but, you look at Detroit's defense. You look at their DBs. You need speed with those DBs. Nice speed. You know, it's uh, the reason why T's table didn't work out. It's not exactly.
2: fast. And T's table was left on the island. So I can imagine they're going to leave Richard Sherman on the <laughs> island by himself, too. Remember, the they left on, on the island. island. They yeah. Yeah. If they're te- going to they leave T's on the island, they're definitely going to leave this kind on of the island. Yeah. Like well, Sherman. if you're paying $20 million, for
1: the, yeah. you know, you're getting guaranteed. I mean, you need a you need to play man. You know, if that's that's our defense. You can't.
2: I mean, if this was Toro Austin, the Toro Austin defense, that's it would diff- work. In a, it a heartbeat. Would work. Yeah, it would it would have worked. It would have been it would have been okay. I think it would have been a lion. Yeah,
1: yeah right. And you you know what the thing is like, there was no guarantees with Richard Sherman. I know obviously he's he's worked out in San Francisco, but like I mentioned, he was coming off a torn Achilles injury. Like there was no guaranteed that he was going to play at a high level when he came back.
2: He's only playing. A, I could tell this right. I'm going to say this right now. He's playing at a high level because he's blessed to have that front four, oh, front is. seven, whatever you want to call it. He if he did not have that front seven, if he was put in a Darius Slate situation where he had to cover longer than he's supposed to, it wouldn't have been good for him. No, he would look like Revis at the end of his career. Yeah, I mean, he's blessed right now, you know. Yeah. That's just him.
1: Yeah, I mean, like we always
3: say this, a pass rush makes your secondary better. And Malcolm, you're the one who taught me this when I was younger. I didn't really like think of it that much, but you, you taught me this. So.
2: Yeah, because yeah. the less time the quarterback has in the pocket... You know, the, the the more opportunities for him to make a bad, you know, a bad read. You know, he's yeah, forcing right. passes before he wants to throw the ball. So, he could easily just jump routes, and that that makes a cornerback better. Yeah, you taught me when this. when you like... put in a Darius Slate situation, <laughs> nobody, I'm telling you, not a lot of corners want to be in a Darius Slate situation. Malcolm, when did I start my page? Was it 13? You taught me this when I first started my page,
3: because, like, you kind of, like, liked what I was posting and stuff. You are one of my first followers. Yeah, and uh yeah, you it's don't. Malcolm taught me a different. lot of shit about football. No bullshit. He taught me um a lot of stuff, so I'm thankful for that, bro. I appreciate it. That's no, no tight. Problem,
1: I didn't even know that.
3: Yeah, we'll yeah. talk. That's how like I I like I knew him and stuff, and then like he sent me videos and stuff, and then
1: it's history from there. That is tight yeah. I, I wasn't even part of the Instagram community that year. I was. No, in, I don't think I you. I was know. in sixth grade. <laughs>
3: I was um I think I was a senior in high school or a freshman
2: in college. When I, I forget. When I first met Tyler, you were you were sharing the page. Yes. 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 Yeah, you were sharing your page. You that's had like different, four different users. That oh, that yeah. is a
1: different topic on a different day. That confused <laughs> me. Yeah, that's a different topic. <laughs> no, but I, I appreciate my co-host back in the day. Nothing to them. That was all respect. Still talk to them somewhat. That's what's up. Yes, stop. sir yeah alright guys that is a wrap to episode 76 of the pride podcast and you know what I don't even know if he's listening to the podcast today but if he is and it's going to be a belated birthday but at the time of this recording happy birthday to our boss Kevin man happy
2: birthday Kevin happy birthday man
3: yes I want to give out a couple more birthday shout outs So these are Lions fans Uh, happy birthday to Lions main Malcolm I know that's your boy yes sir happy birthday man and uh happy birthday to uh that so beth and i got in a fight one time then ever since then now we're cool so happy birthday to her and whoever else's birthday happy birthday to you guys and hope
1: you guys all enjoy your day yeah i actually got blocked by her i'm not gonna mention why i got black i'm okay now we're okay now okay I did. I did get blocked by her but it's all good now all love but yeah happy birthday everybody happy birthday to our boss kj happy birthday to the lion's mane and elizabeth so yeah guys uh, that is a wrap to episode 76 of the blue wire network i'm out peace out y'all
3: all right guys before i let you go make sure you subscribe rate and view on apple music leave your feedback
1: we appreciate all the support and i'm out peace we, we actually are on apple Podcasts, but if you want me to sing on apple music you know i got a little bit of a voice oh my bad we met apple podcast all right
2: yeah all right i'm out peace <laughs> <laughs> all right all right everybody um I'm out, man. Peace out, everybody.